For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Modern History of Israel. This is part five of the series. For Gaza shall be forsaken. Now Ashkelon, Ashdad, and Ekron are communities or cities along the Mediterranean coast, along with the Gaza area. So Zephaniah 2.4 is prophesying about destruction along the coastland of Israel along the Mediterranean Sea. So the world is advocating that in order to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, that the way to do it is to trade land for peace. When the British made a commitment to Heim Weissman to work for a Jewish homeland, which came under what is known as the British Mandate, and through that came the Balfour Declaration in 1917, as we have seen from the history that's been presented here, the Arabs protested, and Britain then decided to give around 80% of the land that was to be designated for a Jewish homeland, it was given to what was called then Transjordan, which means across the Jordan, or it was the land across the Jordan River, but now the trans has been dropped from the name, so it's just now called Jordan. So, in effect, land was given for peace. And so the Arabs then tried to defeat Israel and the Jewish people militarily. They tried to prevent Jewish immigration in the early part of the 1900s from the time that Theodore Herzl worked and encouraged Jewish immigration from that time through the 1920s, the 1930s. And then um, we have the establishment of the State of Israel when they accepted the UN General Assembly partition plan vote. The Arabs did not accept it. And so they tried to defeat Israel militarily. They tried in 1948. They tried in 1956. They tried in 1967. They tried in 1973. So they were unsuccessful in all of these wars, but they did not give up. Then we have that Nasser in 1964 in Egypt established the PLO, whose goal was to liberate Palestine, not recognize the state of Israel. Meanwhile, there was another guerrilla organization started by Yasser Arafat in Syria that became 
known as Fatah, which was a movement to try to liberate the land of Israel in non-recognition of a Jewish state through guerrilla tactics. And so ultimately, Yasser Arafat gained head, not only of Fatah coordinating its activities, but also the PLO. He became a head of the PLO in 1969. And then from the 1974 phase plan destruction of Israel, that the strategy then, because the Arab world was unsuccessful in defeating Israel militarily, that they would work on what's known as the phase plan destruction of Israel, while there would be other Palestinian groups who would continue what they call the armed struggle or the guerrilla warfare tactics, that these two methods would be going on simultaneously. But the one seeking the phase plan destruction, their goal was to first get a Palestinian state in the West Bank, in the Gaza with East Jerusalem as its capital, and then to strengthen that state militarily. And then when they felt that they were strong enough to wage war on the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, and to drive them into the sea. And so did trying to appease the Arabs to achieve peace between Israel and the Arabs, did that work under British policy? No. Is it working now? No. Did it work by giving Transjordan to be an Arab state so that there can be a resolution of the Arab-Jewish dispute over the land? No. So what makes the nations of the world think that trading land for peace is truly going to bring out a just and comprehensive peace in the area? Well, in the mindset of the Jewish people, they just want to live their lives. They want to lead normal Jewish lives, and they're not interested in being in conflict with their Arab neighbors. So they're willing to demonstrate that they're interested in having peace, and they're even willing to discuss offering land if the Arabs will generally follow the policy of desiring to coexist with Israel or with the Jewish people. But when you hear their speeches, when you hear their rhetoric, Mahmoud Abbas is still referring to what happened in 1948 with the creation of the State of Israel as a catastrophe. So the Arab world still does not and will not accept the existence of the Jewish people in the land, and they continue to not accept the existence of the State of Israel. But what's driving this mindset among the Arabs. Ultimately, to them, it is a religious issue because in the Islamic belief, once there are lands under Islamic control, they must always be Islamic lands under the umbrella of the Islamic religion. And so for them, it isn't logical of, I just want to get along. And and to them, it's not that whether they think they can't get along with the Jews. To them, it's an issue of they want to affirm that their religion, that Islam, and their God, Allah, is superior to the religion of the Jews and the God of the Jews, the God of Israel or Yahweh. So ultimately, we need to realize that this conflict is not going to be resolved diplomatically, politically, because it's a religious fight. It's a religious struggle. And actually, the fight and the issue goes back 
to the book of Genesis. It's actually a struggle over to whom does the birthright and the blessing of the birthright belong. And we see in the book of Genesis that Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. And so now this is really, and it needs to be seen for what it truly is. It's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual battle. And it is the combined forces of Ishmael and Esau trying to affirm that they have the rights to the land. In essence, they are claiming the birthright and the blessing of the birthright. But the God of Israel, he made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as we showed you at the beginning of this teaching, in truth, it was Yeshua, the Messiah, before he came in human form, that he's the one that made covenant with Abraham and affirmed it with Isaac and with Jacob. And ultimately, it's when Yeshua intervenes in the conflict, which the Bible says that he will. In Zechariah chapter 14, verse 1, it says the day of the Lord, and ultimately the nations will insist on the dividing of the land and the dividing of the city of Jerusalem, because it says Jerusalem will be divided. And then when you look at that verse, even though there's been a calling for the dividing of Jerusalem with the November 29th, 1947 General Assembly vote, in Zechariah 14, it talks about the dividing of Jerusalem that is associated with the tribulation period that's associated with the day of the Lord. And then that will bring about the judgment of the nations. And then we're told in Joel chapter 3, verse 16, that the Lord will roar out of Zion. So because this is a religious dispute, it will be the God of Israel. It will be Yeshua the Messiah who will ultimately resolve this issue. And when the nation of Israel gets their backs to the wall in the form that they cry out to the God of Israel, when they cry out to the Messiah, that is when the Messiah is going to come to their aid because this is a covenant issue. And in understanding covenant, when an entity is in covenant with someone else, that is when Yeshua is in covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants, when they cry out to the one who they are in covenant with and calls upon him to come to their aid, according to terms of covenant, he's obligated to do so. And so when the nation of Israel cries out for the Messiah, the Messiah will fight for the Jewish people, and he will settle this issue regarding to whom does the land belong. So trading land for peace will not bring peace. It will accentuate the conflict and it will only be solved by the Messiah when he establishes and he affirms to the entire world that when he made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he will back that covenant and make sure that it is fully implemented and fully comes to pass. So will ultimately the efforts of the nations, the policy of the nations to trade land for peace bring peace? No, it will bring about the wars of the end of days, the wars of the tribulation period that will lead to the Jewish people crying out for the Messiah. The Messiah will come to their aid in their defense. And then once Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4, then the Lord will be one, his name 
one who will be king over all the earth, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, then he will set up his messianic kingdom. Israel will be at the head of the nations. The nations will no more be ruling over them. And then we're going to have that through the government of the Messiah, that his Torah will be taught to all nations, Isaiah in chapter 2 and verse 3. So do the Palestinians really want peace? Well, if you look at the official logo of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, it shows all of what we call Israel today as being a part of what they refer to as Palestine. And so this conflict, continued conflict, and the desire and the effort to trade land for peace, this is the context of what is called Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 6 and 7, where it says, Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. So this conflict regarding to whom does the land belong, this is what the Bible calls the controversy of Zion. In Isaiah chapter 34, verse 8, it is written, For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. And so ultimately, when the nations try to divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem through recognizing a Palestinian state based upon 1967 borders with East Jerusalem as its capital. This brings about the judgment of the nations in this conflict over the land where there's wars associated with the Hevle HaMashiach, the birth pains of the Messiah, the tribulation period, or Jacob's trouble. This is what the tribulation period is all about. It's an end time battle between the house of Esau and the house of Jacob over the birth right the blessing and who owns the land. So now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 2 and 3. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety or peace and security, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travails upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Now Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7 says, I will restore health unto you and I will heal you of your wound. The wound is the exile for breaking the covenant at Mount Sinai. And so the restoring of health is the redemption. It's the end of the exile of the wound, which was breaking the covenant at Mount Sinai. And so when the God of Israel will be ending the exile and bringing his people back to the land, Israel will be isolated and Zion will be regarded as an outcast because it says that the God of Israel is going to restore health to his people because they called you an outcast, saying, this is Zion, which no man seeks after. And then in Psalm 102, verse 16, when the Lord builds up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. What is the building up of Zion? Well, Zion and Jerusalem are synonymous terms in the Bible. So the building up of Zion is the building up of Jerusalem. And in Psalm 147, verse 2, it says, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. So the building up of Zion is the same is the building up of Jerusalem, which is gathering together the outcasts of Israel. It is the end of the exile. It is the fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 15 through 28. Northern kingdom and southern kingdom being united, ending their exile and returning back.
back to the land of Israel. So when this happens, then the Lord will appear in his glory. And so it's from Jacob's trouble. It's from the conflict over to whom does the land belong. It is when the nations divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem through recognizing a Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital is when judgment comes upon the nations and that is going to initiate and trigger events that the God of Israel will end the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel. He will unite northern kingdom and southern kingdom and it's the role and the task and the function of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So as it says in Psalm 102 verse 16 that the Lord, and this is a reference to Yeshua the Messiah, that he will appear in his glory. Now in Exodus in chapter 40 verse 34 it says, a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is known as the glory of the Lord. In the way that the Lord will appear in his glory is he's going to be gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel the way in which he brought his people out of Egypt on their way to the promised land. He led them by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And so it says in Isaiah in chapter 4 and verse 5, the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense or a hoopah. So the way in which we will see the ultimate end of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel, the uniting of northern kingdom and southern kingdom, it will be by the Messiah and he will bring his people back in the form of the cloud by day in the pillar of fire by night. That is the building up of Zion or Jerusalem. That is the gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. So once he does that, he shall appear in his glory. He will not only fulfill the end of the exile by leading his people back the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, but following the completion of this task, which takes place during the last three years of the great tribulation, Yeshua then will set his feet down on the Mount of Olives, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4. Now the gathering uniting the 12 tribes of Israel is likened to a marriage. We're told in Jeremiah in chapter 33 and verse 11, the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride. And so this is wedding talk. And what's associated with wedding talk at the end of Jeremiah 33 verse 11 is, for I'm going to cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first. The ending of the captivity, the ending of the exile is associated with marriage. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride. And so we can see this in Jeremiah in chapter 31 and verse 10. It says, Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him in keeping as a shepherd does his flock. So it's talking about the one that scattered Israel will gather him. When he gathers him, he does so as a shepherd. And Yeshua said in John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, I am the good shepherd. So then it says in Jeremiah 31, verse 11, for the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. And so this is associated with marriage and the joy of a marriage because it goes on to say in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 13, then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. I will turn their mourning, that is the captivity or the exile into joy, and I will com 
comfort them. The comfort is the end of the exile. And so the Bible tells us that this is going to happen in a period of time known as the cloudy and dark day, which is a term for the day of the Lord, the end of days, the tribulation period. Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 12 says, as a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will deliver them out of all the places where they've been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And so the cloudy and dark day is also a reference to the great tribulation period. And so the outcome of this conflict between the Jews and the Arabs regarding to whom does the land belong, it's prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 1, son of man prophesy against the mountains of Israel and say you mountains of Israel hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God because the enemy has said against you aha even the ancient high places are ours in possession. So the prophecy is to the mountains of Israel which is the West Bank or biblically Judea Samaria and this includes Jerusalem because Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains that the enemy would say this belongs to us and this is what's happening. The Arab world with support of the Western world, the United States and Europe is trying to affirm that in order to bring peace to the Middle East you need to trade land for peace and that the West Bank in East Jerusalem belongs to the Palestinians and should be for a Palestinian state. And so this is a battle over to whom does the land belong. It's a battle over the birthright that we're told about in Genesis in chapter 25, where there we're told that Esau sold his birthright. So in Genesis in chapter 25, Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. And so the outcome of what's happening in the Middle East is the nations of the world are not going to be able to solve the problem. It is the Messiah who's going to step in and he's going to affirm the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so it's from the nations dividing the land that his people will return to the land. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 3, it says, For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, says the Lord, Israel, northern kingdom, Judah, southern kingdom, and I'm going to cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers and they will possess it. So the subject here is Israel and Judah returning to the land. Then it goes on to say in verse 7, Alas, for that day is great, it's none like it. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. So Jacob's trouble is associated not only with a conflict regarding to whom does the land belong, but it's also the time that the exile will end, that Israel and Judah will return to the land. And so that's why we are told that regarding this issue, the God of Israel is sovereign over it. And in Psalm 121 verse 4, we're told, he that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And then in Psalm 122 verse 6, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and they will prosper that love thee. And so the outcome of this conflict is we will have the end of the exile and Messiah will set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. He will set up his kingdom. Israel will be the head of all nations and the nations will be taught the Torah. Isaiah in chapter 2 and verse 3. Well, that's going to conclude part 5 of the series on the subject, The Modern History of Israel. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.